This week, the podcast turns three years old. Welcome to the Magnificently Huge Podcast with your hosts, Eric Reed, Brian Kruger, and Chris Ryerson. Three idiots who decided to slap an adverb together with an adjective to bring you one magnificently huge discussion each week about the movies and pop culture we kind of like, maybe even secretly love, before we ultimately crab all over them. We're not here to save the world, we're just here to make it weirder, one podcast at a time. This is Magnificently Huge. Yes, it is. Welcome, everyone, once again to the Magnificently Huge Podcast. My name is Brian, and this week, my friends Chris and Eric are going to join me for our third anniversary of the podcast. Uh, the Magnificently Huge Podcast was started by just Chris and Eric uh, three years ago on May the 4th, which, of course, is a pun for it's now Star Wars Day because, sure, why not? Why wouldn't it be Star Wars Day? That was always the thing, right? Uh, yeah, anyway, uh, so we keep finding ways to talk about things Star Wars adjacent, but we never really did talk about uh, episodes 7, 8, and 9 as a trilogy before, so that's going to be our focus for today's show. Uh, as always, uh, we'd love to grow the audience to the show, so please subscribe to the show, rate it on your podcast app of choice, share it on your social feeds, and if you want to check out our older episodes, you can go to our website. That's maghuge.com, M-A-G-H-U-G-E.com, where there's three years of content for you there. Um, and also, you can, on that same site, find ways to find us on our social feeds. So you can hit us up on Twitter. We are at maghuge. On Facebook, we're the Magnificently Huge Podcast. We've got an Instagram. And you can send us an email at magnificentlyhuge at gmail.com. All right, everybody. May the fourth year of the podcast be with you. Star Wars. Nothing but Star Wars. Nothing but Star Wars. You, you can keep talking. This is that. literally yawning, singing the Star Wars. Yeah. That's <laughs> oh, the- no. I, I recognize the Bill Murray uh, Star Wars lounge singer. Yeah. Gotta be Star Wars or nothing at all. Oh, Star Wars. Nothing but Star Wars. Give me the Star Wars. Don't let them in. Oh, yeah. I just said he sounds like he's falling asleep singing it. <laughs> yeah. That's sort of a double edge because, uh, yeah, the, the new trilogy does sort of put me to sleep. So. Fair enough. You know. Uh, is this the three-year anniversary of the Magnificently Huge podcast? It is. Good call, Brian. Damn. Yeah, uh, yeah three uh, years ago, wow. uh, Eric uh, said, hey, we should just do a podcast to talk about nonsense. <laughs> and the first ill-fated beta test was all about Star Wars, and that sort of stuck as our uh, yearly mark. So, so before, before the, the phone, phone cut out, out see, this, this is podcasting, podcasting stuff's hard. hard. Uh, <laughs> we need like a musical interlude. Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. Like an NPR thing. Actually, worse than that, 10 years ago, I said, I want to do a podcast, and I had a series of like burning <laughs> failures. Uh, this is the first one that we, I successfully <laughs> got launched. It's like there was one even right before this that we had like six episodes, and it was like, uh, no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I needed, I needed, I need, I need Brian. It's, it's, if it's a hit, then it's a hit because of Mario. You know, you can't, you can't do this shit without uh, Brian Kruger in the chaos. Yeah. Thanks. What? what? Yeah. Thanks, Eric. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> what? Yeah. I believe he was just uh, omitted. Yeah. Somehow. Oh, no, no. Yeah. Come on. Come on. How, how many of these things have you edited, Chris? That's all I'm saying. <laughs> well, that's oh, true. Chris and Eric started the podcast uh, <laughs> without me. And then I'm like, this sucks. Uh, let me in there. Yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah, no. Uh, we, we took a vote and uh, Brian uh, won by a single vote. So, yeah. <laughs> so, anyway. Uh, so, welcome to our uh, our annual Star Wars Fest on uh, Star and Wars I think Day. The, I think the last one, I think Star Wars finally is done, right? They're not going to do Star Wars anymore. Yeah, There's no more Star Wars. I don't know. We you wish. Yeah. It won't be that way. Yeah. But uh, I, I do relish the fact that I got to revisit the final three as a, a piece, uh, which I hadn't done before. So now I have a fuller Could, breadth of understanding. Yeah. So before we get into that, um, should we do the fresh shit? Yes. This shit yeah. is fresh. Oh, shit. It's fresh. This stuff is real. Fresh. Eric, I got to ask you, did you finish Watchmen yet? I did. I did. Uh, I think... <laughs> for a Damon Lindelof written uh, joint, it has a proper ending. He cannot do that. Right? I can see why he says he doesn't want to do another season because he knows he'll screw it up horribly. Uh, I don't think that means there won't be another one. Uh, the door is wide open for another one. The door. They they certainly the last shot like opens a giant, uh, yeah, a giant opportunity. But also could just be the end of it right like it had a it was a complete thought it was stitched to get together with the original watchman in an interesting way and reached a conclusion leave it alone leave it alone and that final shot is again very damon lindenloff i i want to leave it open it's not important whether or not thing yeah it's yeah you know it's that 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 just just condescending the end of every time with him <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, oh! Watch uh, the leftovers, and you really see what I mean. You just want to find where he lives and punch him in the face. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I dig like it. I do think there'll be another one if HBO wants to pay for it. That's the thing. I, I, I don't see, I don't see any reason for HBO to to really knock down anyone's doors to get stuff made. I don't understand how they make money. Odds. Uh, subscriptions right that's their bread and butter yeah yeah but do they say uh did you subscribe because of watchmen on on a uh, a survey form well no i mean everybody subscribed because of game of thrones and they're just trying to stop the bleeding right <laughs> yeah. like like remember you know so remember back- they're doing hbo max in may and that's going to be all of warner brothers merged into hbo yeah which is not the uh, abrams is signed on to do a bunch of dc stuff for them now <laughs> Oh yeah, know. that's that's his going to be his new disaster. He's doing a yeah. a Justice League show. Justice League Dark is that going to be his? Yeah, I don't know. I think so, I think so, yeah. he's destroyed Star Trek. He's destroyed you know, Star Wars. Put the nail in the coffin of Star Wars. I think <laughs> he. Yeah, it's 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 like I don't know. It's like a U boat picking targets among <laughs> merchant ships. You know. <laughs> Do we do we need JJ Abrams Abrams to finally kill all this shit so that the nostalgia wears off? I think they is, should is, let JJ Abrams the path forward. They should let him do the next Indiana Jones and just be done with it. Yes, you know what I mean. Yeah. If ever a, a movie I'd be franchise was screaming, wasn't. <laughs> wouldn't that be awesome? Yeah. I, 
That would be awesome. How, how did the last movie not kill Indiana Jones? Anyway, that's a fair question did. for another time. A fair question. It kind of did. No, no. Time. I think the last Indiana Jones was the Superman Returns of the franchise. You know, <laughs> it's like they'll make another one, but it's the end of that approach. Yeah. In all honesty, uh, it's dead to me, and I shall never mention it again. Mm. So I, I kind of short circuited things. What's what was the fresh shit you were planning to come with, Eric? <laughs> You know, I, I, yeah, he, it's he funny. got on us for talking I, about designing women the other day too. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> Continue. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> Wait, who, who bust? I was just talking about designing women. Oh, Brian busted yeah. on us yeah. for designing women. Yeah. Cause it was a tangent. <laughs> which, like, Eric's like, I watched this thing. Well, let's talk about designing women instead. Hey, no, let him talk about the thing. Yeah. But, but but you we never found out from you which of the designing women was your favorite. <laughs> I don't think I've ever watched an episode of Designing Women. Don't care. Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, he is so Annie Potts, isn't he? Isn't he, Chris? He I is so am. Annie Potts. I don't know. It's Jesus fucking that's way more Christ. of a sugar baker move if you ask me. <laughs> anyway, uh, what were we talking about? Nothing. Eric, what's your question? <laughs> I watched Transcendence, which is uh, a movie that it's funny. You know, after I, I, okay, I watched Rise of Skywalker for the first time uh, the day before. And I said to myself, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm done watching movies I know are going to be bad. You know, I, I, I keep going into things going, oh, this will be shit. Let's see how shit it is. And I'm like, it's making me more cynical. And I don't, want or need that so is it possible to be more cynical at this point that's what i mean i don't want or need that to okay you know it's like but it's like sharpening a knife but in reverse you know it's 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 dulling a knife on purpose the thing with cynicism is sometimes you do actually have to practice or else you kind of lose the edge I think that's oh oh do you yeah oh do you do you (laughs) i'm sorry i'm working on my sarcasm (laughs) <laughs> I don't. I don't think any of us are at risk of that, given the current world yeah. situation. But it's, transcendence. What is transcendence? Is that the Johnny Depp thing. But, uh, but, uh, but, but yes. Okay. And I was like, okay, it's bumming me out. You know, I want to start trying to watch things I think I'll actually like. And I knew of transcendence, but never got around to it. Uh, and I watched it, and despite apparently everyone else hating this movie, I really, really liked it. It's a I guess a Christopher Nolan produced film, but he didn't direct it. His uh, director of photography on most things directed this movie. His name, I do not remember. Anyway, the idea is that for several reasons, Johnny Depp dies. He uploads his consciousness into a computer and this thing comes to life. And it's not, you know, it's not the most original concept. It's not meant to be, but I dug it. Um, yeah, I, I like the idea of a a computer savior coming to life and people not being able to deal. Did you see this? I saw the trailer and it just looked like I don't remember. I, I, my memory of the trailer is that at first I'm like, okay, okay, and then it kept going and like got further into the Johnny Depp as the computer like thing, and and then it just like oh. Oh no! Oh no! This looks really, really stupid. <laughs> yeah. It well, they they build it as like a, I don't know, a a techno horror film with Johnny Depp 
taking over the world as like a bad computer or something. Right. It's got a lot more depth than that. It really does. The marketing did not do it justice. And it's not fair to look at it as a Johnny Depp star vehicle because this was when he was sort of at the height of his horrible, right? This yeah. is like the, I like think the next movie Smith films. after The Lone Ranger. Yeah. You know? I'm looking oh, at the geez. filmography. Yeah. It's like it's after The Lone Ranger, but it's before Mordecai. So yeah. that's, that's your bookend. That's like the, the deep, dark depths of his career. Yeah, this is when people were finally getting there. We love in this country having a star who's a huge hit, and we just brace ourselves for the, the failures, and then we love it even more. <laughs> Kevin Shot Costner. Yeah. yeah. Kevin Costner. I, I remember, actually, a- a- after Dances with Wolves going, and three, two, one and then everything he came out with after that everyone yeah. is just bailing mm-hmm. on he did not disappoint for sure yeah not that prince of thieves was a great film but if he had made prince of thieves like five years before when people barely knew who he was no one would give a shit true um yeah i'm gonna stop there with fresh okay. shit so you but you did enjoy transcendence in your I loved way. it. I loved okay. it. It was a really for once a smart science fiction film. The one okay. part about it that bugs me and I think this is kind of like you know 20 years ago everything in computers was hackers and the magic of hackers and we look at it now and we go you can't fucking do that with a computer. <laughs> We're going to face that with this round of movies when nanotechnology becomes more pronounced. And it's like you can't do that with nanites, you know, but there's a lot of that kind of nanotechnology shit that they kind of explain that he is, you know, he, he's got access to all the information. He can process it instantly. He can develop scientific methods a lot faster. You know, it's he's like a hundred percent of his brain and yeah. now he can <laughs> levitate people. He's got access to all the information so he can develop shit faster in the context of the movie. It makes sense, but still, yeah, yeah. It's stop like it with the nanites. The, the ghost in the machine, <laughs> as it were. Yeah, yeah so we need to put Johnny Depp's transcendence nanite character against Bloodshot with Vin Diesel. Ugh. That should be our <laughs> our follow up. Nanites like, versus nanites. We we can make a a movie and we'll call it Flashback. It's about a bunch of hackers who use computers and uh, um, that wall jumping shit that that was in movies a lot like ten fifteen years ago. Parkour. <laughs> Can we call it? Can we just call it "Do the Hack"? I would love to do that movie. Do the hack. Do the hack. <laughs> uh, yes, right. Oh, yeah, that's right. And um, uh, another quick fresh shit uh, on YouTube for free. I, I tweeted this on the Magnificently Huge account. If you want the link to it, Quigley Down Under is yes. free on YouTube Movies, which is apparently YouTube's new service to get you to try and pay money for movies they'll give you some free ones like crackle does yeah quickly down under we've been like having a laugh at this film since we saw it 30 years ago but i i i still say it is a charming movie it is a great western it's one one of the few tom Selleck movies you can point at and go no quality i love this it's one movie. of the few yeah. tom Selleck movies period yeah yeah but anyway but it's still, but it's good. I will agree with Eric. I've always enjoyed it. It's oddly entertaining, even though the concept is sort of strange. It's for goofy. Yeah. It's, it's a Western it set in Australia. Yeah. 
it is a goofy concept that is treated like i don't know it's it's very well it's funny when it I, needs to be it is shocking and horrifying when it needs to be it's yeah i, I just love it I, I have to assume i've seen this movie i know i've i've you know made fun of the poster with you guys but what what happens it's a western okay what happens in quigley down okay. under educate Quig- me matt quigley is a sharpshooter from america who is hired by alan rickman in australia he's told i'll pay you you know 50 gold pieces if you just come out so the movie starts with him sailing to australia and he's there for a job shooting dingoes he thinks and then he's told no we're trying to get all these aborigines off of you know my ranch i'm hiring you to kill people quickly says go fuck yourself uh makes an enemy of alan rickman and ends up running for his life with laura san giacomo i think her name is mm-hmm. uh it's crazy yeah, who's 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 bonkers? Who doesn't play crazy well? So you think it's a con until you find out it's not. She's crazy, <laughs> and yeah, it's it's so yeah has to run from the bad guy cowboys until he can't anymore. So he goes to kill all the bad bad guy cowboys. It's it's a western. It's a great western. Hmm. Yeah, I think uh, my favorite bit though was uh, I don't remember who came up with it. <laughs> But we had a rap that we would sing for it. That would be Scott Gimple, producer okay. of The Walking Dead, who okay. came up with the Back. public enemy single for Quigley Down oh, Under. Oh, man. That was always good for a laugh. Yeah. Uh, he's he's Quigley <laughs> Down Under. Rolling across his a tail like, like thunder. thunder. Tearing bad guys asunder. He's, he's Quigley Down Under. under. And then yeah. and then Flava Flav jumps in with, yeah, boy. <laughs> Always good for a laugh. Ah, uh, but yeah, uh, yeah. But you know, it's uh, it's where Simon Winsor sort of had his post Lonesome Dove career, and so he jumped on that. And then Harley Davidson and the Marlboro Man. That's <laughs> yeah. another and then, fucking genius film. It's yeah, a goofy concept, mean. and I, I, and again, I love watching that film. <laughs> yeah. So those were the those were the fallow years for Simon Winsor before he found uh, Tomb Raider. Hey, so, Harl. Yeah. You know what my daddy told me before he left this Shut shitty up. world? <laughs> Shut up. Simon wow. Winsor loves westerns. There's no doubt about it. That's true. That's what it is. All right, hears. that's me. All right, Chris, what do you got? Uh, very little this week, strangely enough. I, uh, I found on Hulu that HBO unlocked a bunch of shit, I guess because uh, people mm-hmm. are stuck at home. So I finally got a chance to watch Barry, starring Bill Hader. Yeah. Which is the... Thoughts. I guess it's, yeah, it's like two years old now, but he's a he's a hitman uh, who gets it's the acting sent to bug. LA to do it. Yeah, and he and he basically uh, falls into an acting class in pursuit of a target, and then decides to become an actor because he just doesn't like to kill people anymore. <laughs> and then it sort of becomes his uh, therapy. But then through the course of the show, he gets embroiled with like Chechen mobsters who are very uh, inept, and his handler is basically just a gaslighter who doesn't care about Barry apart from the fact that he can kill people and make them cash. Uh, and, and then Henry Winkler plays the acting teacher and he's fucking hilarious. Cause he, I heard, I heard so much positive about this show and I only made it like two episodes. It just didn't get its hooks into me you, somehow. You got to stick through it because uh, just this, it's one of those shows where it's just everything becomes more and more ridiculous yeah. because he keeps trying to detach himself from this uh, life 
And every time he makes an attempt, it just backfires and draws him in further. Uh, so it, it basically, it's like, uh, uh, I guess it's got a little bit of gross point blank in it. Uh, got a little bit of get shorty in it. Uh, so it's as much, God, uh, that is actually absolutely correct. I, as you were saying, yeah. it's kind of like, I'm like, it's kind of like nothing. And then you yeah. say those two things. I'm like, it's exactly like those two things. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah. And it, it skewers the whole idea of being a professional actor. Cause he gets embroiled with people that do all the acting exercises to try to live their pain, uh, and then make it theatrical for people to, but of course part of they the have scene. absolutely nothing to share with the world. <laughs> yeah. And they're all, they're, they're all just empty vessels basically. And so it's yeah. just him sort of maneuvering that. But the revelation in the show is the guy who plays one of the Chechen mobsters named Noho Hank, uh, who's <laughs> just like this very sweet, polite fellow who's always nice to everybody, but he's still a gangster. Uh, and he sort of becomes a, a de facto bestie for Hank throughout the duration of this thing. <laughs> and he's just funny. He's, he's a, I can't remember what else he's been in. I think he was in Gotham. Yeah. Uh, Anthony like Kerrigan killer. is yeah. just a genius. I want them to find some show for him. He was Victor Zaz in uh, Gotham. And he was okay. one of the best parts of that show. Cause he just, yeah, I think he has like alopecia. So he, yeah. he looks like powder basically. Yeah. Uh, so he's just bald, no eyebrows, but uh, like once you sort of get over, like he just looks a little bit out of place because of his appearance. Then you're like, holy shit, this guy's fucking amazing. Cause every time someone comes into the Chechen mob house, he's always <laughs> like, you doing okay. You feeling good. Can I get you a drink? Would you like a submarine sandwich? Coffee, maybe? <laughs> He's leading him out to like to the garage where they're going to torture uh, this fucker. I mean, it's just like, come on, man. So yeah, uh, but it's it's I, definitely you, pitch you, perfect black comedy. Let me let me I recommend you. You got to stick for season two. Keep an eye out for an episode Bill Hader directed yeah. where he has to go kill a guy's uh, wife's boyfriend. It is insane. It is. It, it, it is perfect okay. for television. It could not run any longer than it does. It couldn't be a movie, but it is. It is. It is like one yeah. episode of just well, that, just crazy, crazy, crazy. Yeah. Well, that was the thing that impressed me most is that uh, Hater co-wrote it, mm -hmm. but he also directed like the first three episodes, uh, and I think maybe the last one. Yeah. Uh, and he's got chops. I mean, I like him in pretty much anything I see him in, but uh, his his technical behind the scenes stuff is actually very impressive as well. So kudos to Bill Hader, but yeah, Barry, it's a, it's a ride and it's been the most interesting thing I've seen in forever. Cause it just, it, it goes left at just on a dime and takes you to unexpected places. And I'm like, you know, I did not expect that. And Holy shit, it fucking works now. And now I can't see it going anywhere other than that place. Uh, and that's rare. So very funny. Uh, also very tense, kind of sad at times. It's got everything, man. Got everything. <laughs> <laughs> so that's all I watched this week. Did you take it to the end of season one? Yes. Okay. And, now, and I don't want to spoil anything and don't tell me, but I, I feel like the last half of that episode is another Barry daydream, mm -hmm. but they don't pay it off in any way because it's the season finale. So now I have to watch the second season and find out. Right. So yeah, kudos. All right. What have you been doing, Brian? Got another recommendation. Okay, I got a couple. Um, started watching two new shows. Well, um, 
first couple episodes of each of these. Uh, started watching the Jordan Peele Twilight Zones. I thought you'd already been watching um, those. No, I hadn't. Okay. Uh, I had never gotten around to it, so I finally got into that. Uh, so I'm two episodes in on that. Have you seen any of this stuff? No. No. I don't think it's as good as Black Mirror. I think Black Mirror is the better modern Twilight Zone at this point. I figured this got made because of Black Mirror. Like, yeah. we need a oh, Black Mirror. Surely. Yeah. Yeah. Now, and Jordan Peele, you know, he was hot coming off of uh, Get Out. And you know what? If you're going to pan over to have a narrator in a Twilight Zone, like, there, there was a revival about another 10 years ago where Forrest Whitak- Whitaker was doing the narration stuff and like I just pretend that version of the Twilight Zone doesn't exist (laughs) I mean at least with this one you're panning over to a guy who is an actual writer who actually has written stuff including episodes of this show that's worthy of the Twilight Zone like you know what yeah fine he can do the Rod Serling bit I'm I'm okay with Jordan Peele host of the Twilight Zone yeah um they uh so far, the two episodes I've seen, there's one with, uh, for some reason, I'm seeing a whole lot of Kamel Nanjiani this year. Uh, he's he's the lead in, in an episode about a com- comedian uh, who makes a, kind of a deal with the devil kind of situation. And then uh, the second one is a yet another version of Nightmare on t- at 20,000 feet, but with a huge twist. It is not the same thing as was done with Shatner or John Lithgow at all. Uh, it's got a nice hook to it. So when you went in, um, did you think, oh, God, just another remake? Yes. I'm like, okay, fine. Here's the third iteration of Nightmare at 20. <laughs> okay. It's a no, monster it's who lands on, on the wing of a plane and looks inside the window and goes, ah, there's people on the inside of this plane. <laughs> <laughs> so... One of the things that they're doing in this that, that is completely unnecessary and it's emblematic of, of a lot of nostalgia stuff. In fact, some stuff we'll probably talk about later in the show. There's these funny little visual callbacks. So at one point, there's actually like a toy that looks just like the gremlin from the, ni- the William Shatner version of Nightmare on 20,000 Feet that's just in a shot. It's a throwaway. <laughs> but like... They, they have these props and stuff in the background of shots that are, you know, from the old show in some way. And it's totally unnecessary. It's just a wink <laughs> and a nod. So that sounds like what they did in Die Another Day with the James Bond 50th. I was going to yeah, say that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It, it has a bit of, I mean, except it's a less lampshaded. Okay. It's, it's just like a, a quick shot and it, no one calls it out and it, it's just kind of there and you can giggle if it, you get it. So it's fan service, basically. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's total fan service. Okay. Um, it's good. It's just not as good as Black Mirror. Um, so I'm gonna keep watching that. And then, uh, thank you, Hulu. Future Man's final season is here. I saw that. I still haven't seen season two, but, uh, oh, I'm, I'm okay. still on deck. So season two of Future Man, um, kind of pumps the brakes in that it kind of gets stuck in one place in time. And this is a show about time travelers. Yeah. Uh, season three really does not. And good on you, future man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they know it's their last season, and it's like they've just pulled out all the stops. It feels like they got as, enough money to make two seasons of this thing, and they're just going balls out. Nice. Um, are, they, and, are they still doing, the first rule of time travel is, and then they break that rule, and that's like the crux of the episode. 
Um, I don't think they even bother with that. Uh, they're just they're kind of on the run at this point through okay. space and time. It's almost a Bill and Ted situation at this point. They're jumping all over the place. Okay. Like at one point, you know, they they come out of the time jump and and Josh Hutcherson's like, I think we're in Paris, and then you know they have those like title cards that tell you where people are, and it yeah. says Paris question <laughs> mark. <You know? laughs> nice. It's a, it's a dumb show, but it's so <laughs> funny. And the guy who plays Wolf is the real star of this show. Yeah. He was the real star of all the seasons. It's the Wolf show. You got to watch Future Man. Yeah. It's so funny. I think you mean Corey Hart. Corey Wolfhart, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, the first season um, still kills me when they when they went back to '86 and he is on the beach and they start doing the all of the playing with the boys. Yeah, and they do the volleyball game shirtless and they're doing the fucking song from Top Gun. I mean, that was pitch perfect to me. <laughs> and that's when I knew that okay, the show gets it. It gets it. That show gets it. And the episode where they infiltrate James Cameron's uh, yes. fortress slash house is his, is also his, really great. Yeah, his avatar smart home. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, definitely check out Future Man. Um, but the thing I came to really talk about today, last night I watched for the first time in, oh, God, at least 20 years, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Yeah, it's, it's a tough now, one these days. It's a tough one. It's So here's the thing about Who Framed Roger Rabbit, right? Like, first of all, its purpose in life is to be a time capsule for classic animation from like the 30s through the 60s, right? Like they did all of these characters and all of these styles to sort of preserve it in in ember, in what at the time was a modernized format. But now, it's two time capsules. It's an anachronism inside an anachronism. Yeah. Because, wow, is Who Framed Roger Rabbit both racist and sexist? Fuck. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, but if you've read the book that it's based on, uh, Who Killed Roger Rabbit? I mean, it's done mm-hmm. like a like a noir detective thing, and so it's got all those elements. And it's they didn't dark. Really, yeah, they didn't really scrub a lot of that basic aspect of it. So yeah, yeah. I'm I'm watching. It, I'm like, this movie c- would not get made today. You know, you can't you can't have the scene where he fires the bullet that's a uh, stereotypical uh, caricature of a Native American that that you know gets out the tomahawk and chops the other thing that he shot it shot it at you yeah. know, and does the yelp like that's just not a thing that anyone's gonna put in a movie. Um, and and what's funny is that this movie was made by people who knew damn well uh, what they were doing. Brer Bear shows up in this thing. Like the 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 Jim Crow Crows are the backing band for Jessica Rabbit's big number. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but we hadn't. By the time this got made, we hadn't hit that "don't be offensive" um, streak. And this and all that stuff, I think, was uh, thematically part of the Looney Tunes yes. universe, right? Yeah. So and, it and makes sense. Yeah, like the whole bit where there's in Toontown, there's the character like, oh, man, right? Like that character really couldn't make that scene today. But damn, if that wasn't part of what cartoons were when we were growing up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just remember when it came out in the summer of 88, uh, we were super intensely excited about it. Uh, And we we would walk around uh, waiting for it. And then the day we had tickets for it at the Cine Capri, uh, we called it Roger Rabbit Day. I just I remember that distinctly. Oh, yeah. uh, we were very excited. 
uh, and it did not disappoint then. It's awesome. It still holds up. It's just a time capsule. Yeah. Like, I don't know what a, a 20-year-old would make of Roger Rabbit watching it cold today. Yeah. But well, for us, it was it really was like well, this encapsulation of everything. The thing that's impressive about it is because it was made in the late 80s, uh, that was pre-CGI, so they had to do all the practical staging yes uh and then do all of the hand-drawn traditional animation after the fact and just on that technical aspect it's just a phenomenal effort i mean it's just and it holds up yeah but then but you look at it today you're like if they made that today that would all be cgi and it would just it would look like space jam basically and it wouldn't work it wouldn't work as well all yeah all the things where the cartoons interact with physical objects you know they were doing invisible man tricks yeah to to do that and they, yeah, it would all just be CG now, and and it wouldn't look as as believable. Um, it it does kind of expose how how much further CGI effects still have yet to go. Yeah. Um, and it is really nice to just see hand drawn animation, like you know, even even the computer assisted shots in the original in the opening. Roger Rabbit short in the kitchen. There's only a few, and they obviously just did it to sort of figure out where the camera's perspective would be. But it doesn't feel like like Beauty and the Beast did, or you know, it doesn't feel computery. You know, I think at some point we need to do a show about the failure of CG because uh, I, I I I think I think while watching last. Jedi, I realized when you had to do all of these practical in-camera effects or, you know, you you could very minimally adjust them in the past, it looked more real because even your effects were grounded in physics, in reality. The problem with CGI now is that in your mind, you have a vision as a director of what this shot should be and just go do it. And there's nothing stopping you. And so it doesn't look real because it's not grounded in any reality, you know? Well, what's weird about that is um, a lot of the shots in all three of the of the newer Star Wars movies actually do have practical effects. But because they're mixed in with CG characters, your brain just tells you, nah, this is all fake. And so the power of the practical effects in those shots is less. Exactly. Like, but they, they, it's, it's like they're trying to meet the, the computer generated stuff halfway. I I think they know what I just said too. And they're like, we need something in there to, I, 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 I think it's, what was that movie? Um, Mexican filmmaker about a girl in a magic land during World War II in Spain. Um, Labyrinth? Yeah, where he didn't want any computer-generated stuff, and it looked mm-hmm. just beautiful. I think a lot of people saw that and said, oh, oh yeah, that's right. We, we can do both. And I think a great example of how to do it well, is, I mean, and granted, it's all puppetry, but the, the new Dark Crystal stuff, uh, there's CG in there, but man, is it well integrated. Yeah. Um, use it, don't it seems overuse like we've it. already kind of moved on, so do we want to end the fresh shit here and get on to our topic? Please, Eddie! <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> we, 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 have, we have come to the end of Star Wars as we know it. Yes. We hope. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Until, unless and until Disney Plus starts uh, the TV show Star Wars Discovery. At which point 
we can we can see <laughs> it all over Mandalorian. again. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. So. We're going to I think we're trying to focus on the episodes 7, 8 and 9, the new Disney yes, quote unquote trilogy. Why was 6 afraid of 7? Cuz 7, 8, 9. But yeah, there was so a, like there when was the uh, the last George Lucas one? What year did that come out? Like 02, 03? Um that would be episode 3, so I think 2005. Okay. So there's like a like a what a ten year gap then uh, to the the reboot as it were. <laughs> they were so bad nobody wanted to touch it for a decade. <laughs> yeah, I uh, and and I also like anytime George Lucas had something to say about the direction they took these new three films. <laughs> the the internet's collective response was, "You shut the fuck up." Yeah, really. Because they were so bad. <laughs> it's like you you proved you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, but in retrospect. I'm not so sure that that analysis holds up. I actually think George Lucas at least, first of all, had a story he was trying to tell, whether or not anybody wanted to hear it, and was so much more creative in terms of the 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 technology expanding and the world building yet again. Yeah. Well, a, a lot of those things that George Lucas brings to the table are definitely missing. I, I see those movies. things as fan service largely. I do think whatever his failings, J.J. Abrams was much better at putting together the film, you know, at making it move, at making me, you yeah. know, pay attention. Whereas George Lucas, it was like, here's all the shit that you've been wanting to see, Star Wars fans. Yeah. Here's here's more well, of it. And I'm like, I don't well, care. That's the interesting thing to me specifically about huh. this third trilogy, because uh, the, the first three movies, it was basically just him telling his story, uh, but it got more and more larger than life it became Ooh. an actual like it moved beyond just a movie and became part of this mythology and that everybody sorry, bought let, into let me just jump in real quick it even starts with that very first one which was an accidental success that thing was yeah. supposed to be right. a bomb and yeah. it turned out the world just went gaga over it and so he with his next two had to figure out oh shit what did i do yeah yeah, he yeah, he he told the whole story he wanted to tell in the first movie and then it was like, well, now I have to kind of retrofit some of my discarded ideas. Yeah. And and he he never had a real roadmap. He likes to say he did, but obviously did not. Yeah. And so the storytelling across those three movies, some of those character arcs really don't work. Yeah. And so it's um, and it does become problematic because the first one is still to me the best one. Uh, because it is. because it really it's the is. most self-contained and basically everything you need is there. Uh, I like Empire just because it kind of progresses the hero's journey, etc. So we could get into all of that uh, ad infinitum. But basically, it's, you have. got the the first three, uh, which everybody sort of beloved, and then you've got that long, long fifteen some odd year gap, uh, and then he tinkered mm -hmm. with it and made changes that are mm -hmm. questionable. And then decided to do, hey, everybody wants that Anakin Skywalker story that really nobody wants, so I'm going to make that. Uh, and then completely shot the, the the wad on it, and nobody really likes those, I don't think. If someone says they like the prequel trilogy, I, I have to suspect they're maybe lying to themselves. They were born more recently than us. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's a lot of issues with those. But basically, that's the Anakin saga. 
And then you get these new ones, which they say, hey, let's uh, let's get a new set of characters in here and let's use this as an opportunity to kill every beloved character from the original Star Wars so that people get their heartstrings tugged. I think that's literally the decision-making process in the Disney that, boardroom. Yeah, that did seem to be we're going to kill... I mean, fine. Spoilers for Star Wars, everybody. Whatever. Uh, we're going to kill Han Solo in the first one. We're going to kill... Luke in the second one, and we'll kill Leia in the third one. That yeah. was as close to a plan as they had. Yeah, and that's the I thing do that's think so the, stupid. Yeah, I do think the deaths, though, were structured around the the original George Lucas trilogy because Han Solo dies like Ben, and yeah. uh, mm-hmm. you know, Luke you know, dies like Yoda, and yeah. The, the the Carrie Fisher one, well, Carrie Fisher died like Carrie Fisher, so they had to handle that in the yeah. film. I don't think there that was necessarily the plan, but yeah, clearly not. Yeah. But yeah, but basically, and I think we've touched on this before too, and we have talked about I think when we did The Last Jedi, but we the the new set of trilogies, uh, and I'm not even including the 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 sidebar adventures like Rogue One and Solo. Just no, the just the three just the three core trilogies, it definitely feels like this is product. I mean, I don't ever get the sense that this is like a true, hey, let's tell a really good Star Wars story. No, it's it's Disney dangling $200 million production budget uh, to make what appears to be a Star Wars movie. That's Mm -hmm. always the feeling I get. That's the thing that drives me nuts about it, because also at Disney, concurrently, was the MCU, where they had people who were like, okay, we need to think this shit through. We got to tell individual stories, but we're going to build up to a big event, and we're going to tie it all together, and we're going to, you know, seed things, and they... Gave themselves wiggle room, but they moved the whole thing inexorably over 10 years to an actual conclusion. And so it's not like you can just say, Disney doesn't know how to do this. Because Kevin Feige sure the hell does. Yeah. But I think there. But you might also have to look at also one of the elements, which is the the fan base. And the MCU people, you've got hardcore comic nerds, but you also have the people that are just into the movies. Uh, I think they're all more forgiving, but for some reason, the Star Wars fan base gets super hardcore because you've got the movies, you've got the books, you've got the comics, you've got the video games, you've got the action figures, you've got everything. Uh, And everybody's got their own little idea about what it should be. And I think they delivered that with The Force Awakens, which is basically a remake of A New Hope. And that kind of put people in their comfort zone because they're trying to erase the bad taste of the prequels. Yeah. And then... Which which you, it was effective at. I got to say, that yeah. first one was fun. I, w- I, I had high hopes once I saw that. Yeah. I hate And I was less. excited about the new characters. Yeah. I did not like the fact that there were so many story elements from A New Hope. I mean, we've just got a new version of a Death Star. We've got a new yeah. version of how to destroy the Death Star. We've got a new version of Luke and Leia and Han Solo. It's... Yeah, yeah, it's problematic. But when I watched it, my first thinking after seeing it was, I mean, it's impressive, it's fun to look at, it's kind of fun, but it's not amazing. And I definitely didn't feel reinvigorated as a Star Wars fan by it because it's kind of tedious in that it covers so I mean, much ground But that, again. that's kind of its job, too. It's just yeah. laying the rails. It's yeah. like, okay, here's everybody. We're going to establish characters. We're going to establish stories that we will conclude in the next two films the problem is yeah. they didn't do that they yeah. they established characters they made everybody comfy and they said "Ooh, that was successful let's let's keep making people comfy and yeah. not progress 
Yeah. Well, well, and so that's what's so interesting about, I mean, first of all, yes, Force Awakens, right? Lays it down, sort of says to the fan base, yeah, guys, we got this. It's cool. We're going to make Star Wars. You're going to be fine with that. And even John Williams came up with some really great new yeah. themes. Yes. And they, oh, they yeah. really work. I, um, I said before the first one came out, I actually don't care about Star Wars. I just want to hear what John Williams has to say. Yep, and it yep. was fucking great. It really was. So I think they really nailed the the feels, right? Like it was like you went to the theater, you saw a big Star Wars movie, you came out of it feeling like you saw Star Wars and that. And yeah. like I said, there were interesting characters that could go in all sorts of interesting ways. So J.J. Abrams does what he does best, which is ask questions. J.J. Yeah. Abrams is not good at answering questions <laughs> yet. But um, what, what happens next is you get Ryan Johnson, who is like a really... Like as a screenwriter, he really tries to sweat the details and and think things through. I think he's a really and talented smartass. I, yes. I, I yes, I really I'm one of those few people who who liked, um, <clears throat> whatever the hell that movie was called, The Last uh, Jedi. Last I think Jedi. We all did. I, get, I get them all mixed up, but yeah. uh, yeah, I really liked that one because he basically took all of the canon and all of the required shit of a Star Wars movie and yeah. said no. And, and turned it upside down. I was like, yes, well, yes, was, we're going well, in a new of, direction. That was sort of the point. And the thing that's yes. interesting to me, too, is that uh, if you look at all of them as a piece, uh, so the first Star Wars, New Hope, written and directed by George Lucas, Last Jedi is the only other one in the entire series that is written and directed by one dude. It's mm -hmm. weird. And to me, it's, that yeah. becomes sort of like they're the strongest entries. Uh, just they really are. By, by the way they want to take some risks and tell an interesting story that's complete almost uh but whereas the rest Jedi's almost seem like is committee is explicit it says you know let go of the past kill it if you have to i'm yes. going to i'm going to free star wars from the shackles of all of this crap and i'm going to say here we go now we've got like the the luke skywalker is the legend that starts off whatever fucking stories we feel like telling and I think as a screenwriter, he looked at that. He looked at that fan base. He looked at all of that that continuity and that lore, and he said, all right, I need to find a way to bring this to a close that's thematically consistent, that, that you know drives our characters home, and then open the door for anybody else to come along and play in this galaxy. And he yeah. did it brilliantly, and fuck you fanboys for hating on it. Yeah. Ugh. I think I, I also think that he looked at the sort of stolid boring nature of star wars and said everything is good and evil and he was like there's and the and right. between good and evil is a lot more interesting now with this yeah. so let's let's explore the duality of this we've got these two characters who are seemingly connected let's let's do better than just yeah. you know i am your father well, luke let's let's yeah. make them dyads well i like that he he did expand and he basically just you know, throughout the rule book almost to kind of push it in other directions. And I think that's what pissed people off the most. It's like, no, that's yeah. not my Star Wars because it's Star what Wars typically is. <laughs> what do you mean? The, the, the Star Wars, they're almost out of fuel. In all the yeah. Star Wars films, they never say anything about fuel. Who cares about yeah. fuel? It's like, sure. But yeah, but like the Star Wars <laughs> movies themselves, they're, they're just sort of like a, like a, a warm blanket 
you know, everybody likes it. It's, you know, cuddly. Uh, this one was sort of, yeah, that's not really the case. It's like... Uh, no, they're not, though. It, the one everybody claims to love is the one where suddenly, oh, shit, Luke is Darth Vader's kid. Oh, shit, that just changed everything. Yeah. Uh, hey, but, guys, you don't want the rug pulled out for me again? Because that was what you liked. <laughs> ah! Well, the I thing that's did, interesting... Has has anyone... Did anyone... I, I think we discussed this when we discussed this movie before, but... I think structuring the entire film as the Empire Strikes Back in reverse was a subtle clue <laughs> that, that yeah. we're going to roll everything back. Yeah. It's, there uh, was definitely a decision made. Well, that's just that you get the echoes of the, the first trilogy in all three of these new ones to you know varying degrees of success. I think this is the one that pretty much uh, took the premise of the movie that it was sort of aping, but did it in such a way that made it seem fresh and interesting. It was like a jazz riff more than it was just a straight up cover. You know what I mean? Cause mm -hmm. this is like you say, empire in reverse. Uh, but I think where it, it hit some bumps is because you remember when everybody lost their shit, when the trailers for force awakens come out and people were mad because it was featuring a black dude and a woman in prominent roles and that kind of started that seen this coming. Yeah. And that sort of started this weird toxicity surrounding star Wars that you're like, Holy shit. Have these people been here all the time? And yeah. then you get to this one where you have a very large number of strong women in roles that are very much vital to the story. And that seemed to really get the toxic fan base riled up. And then it suddenly, really did. yeah, and it's in like weird ways. And then suddenly this is not a Star Wars movie. Suddenly this is a manifesto for the Me Too, whatever movement. It's like, what well, in the hell the is Well, it's the Gamergate and it's the Trump Trumpers. It is the, it's all of a piece. There is this sort of aggrieved white male, hey, wait a minute, if everybody yeah. else uh, has the same privileges as me, then I have lost something, which is my dominance over them. Yeah. And so I feel like I'm losing, and fuck you if I'm losing, I'm still dominant. So Yeah, so that, it's weird to me that this became a litmus test for that attitude. I mean, it's, no, it's I a don't, Star Wars movie. I honestly don't think it was that on purpose. I think it got received that way. It's like the a lot of a lot of that Me Too-ness, uh, I think, is just the people making it going, no, this is just right. We should yeah. <laughs> we shouldn't exclude women. We shouldn't yeah. make and and you know Princess right. Leia was one of the first strong women in sci-fi. Right, I mean, you didn't fuck with her, and I think they just sort of went with that. Having a black guy in there, that's you know well Lando Calrissian. He was one of the smoothest guys in the original. It wasn't yeah. considered a manifesto. It's just no, that the politically there is a lot of assholes who are vocal now. It's kind of and like when everyone was protesting Eminem, they wouldn't have protested Eminem if he wasn't famous, if he wasn't a big deal. This yeah. was the at, big deal. At its core, a Star Wars movie is an advertisement for the merchandise. And if Correct. you're if you're going to make new Star Wars merchandise, you're going to say, hey, I want to make sure that I can market to every demographic and I want them to see themselves on the screen so they'll buy a toy. Like, I'm sure yeah. that's part of it. Yeah. Well, you know. So it's just, yeah. But to me, it's just weird that there was such a vociferous and, you know, animosity to Last Jedi uh, because it was daring to try something a little bit different. And I don't know why that just set people off, but it's just strange to me. Because as, so, as a movie, it's just, it's the set pieces fit. They're not just 
shoehorned in. Everything flows. It makes a lot of sense. The themes are reinforced by the stuff you're seeing. I mean, it's just an overall well-rounded movie. And for people to come out and say, no, it's bollocks. It's shit. I fucking hate this movie. It's awful. It's like, what were you watching? Were we watching the same movie? I just don't so get it. So a lot of those people were upset with Luke Skywalker wasn't in character. Luke Skywalker would never shit. have given up on the Jedi. Luke Skywalker shit. from 30 years ago. People yeah. do change over time. Yeah. That's, well, <laughs> that's something people me, don't quite me, get. Let me ask them this question. How, what did Obi-Wan Kenobi do when the shit went down? Did he run away and become a hermit? Hmm. What, what did Yoda do when the hmm. shit went down? Did he run hmm. away and become a hermit? I mean, what do you think Luke Skywalker... It, it, absolutely is consistent that Luke Skywalker would run away and become a hermit. Yeah. yeah. But for him to actually come to the conclusion of, hey, wait a minute, all this crap about bloodlines like mine and the Jedi and the Sith, it's all propaganda. The world isn't that black and white. It yeah. needs to end. Yeah. That was his point. He learned something. He grew. Which is and amazing. And that's, I think, what they hated. Well, I saw one thing they were talking about that like Luke's character and how that was just a giant letdown and fu to fans, etc. I'm like, yeah, these people don't understand. And like even Kevin Smith, who was an avowed Star Wars fan, uh, was on some clip I saw and he was talking. Well, if I had done that one on the Battle of Crate, I would have physically brought Luke in uh, and forget about the adats and stuff shooting at him. He'd have just been flicking those with his lightsaber and he'd have just been destroying that. And so basically, his thing was that he wanted to see Luke Skywalker go all you know, Jimbo and just destroy mm. everything before he had his big battle with Kylo Ren. I'm like, you d you totally missed everything yeah. <laughs> that they've been trying to set up for this. It's like he basically astral projected because that's what he could do because he didn't go anywhere. There's probably a good argument for this, you know, not being a good film. Uh, yeah, I, and I'm I'm down for it. But to say that it's not a good Star Wars film yeah. kind of ignores the fact that Star Wars itself is fantasy horseshit. And yeah. this film basically says this kind of fantasy horseshit is too two dimensional. We yeah. want to expand it a bit. Yeah. So you I know, find it fascinating that we ended up fixated on the we 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 just scooted right on past the Force Awakens, which is the one movie we haven't talked about on this podcast. Oh, well, let's uh, rewind because it's good. I, I mean, mean there's not much to complain it's about. Passable. I mean, it's just <laughs> bland. It's like eating oatmeal with some brown sugar for breakfast. Yeah, I mean, that's all. You know, that's all I want from Star Wars. It's, yeah, I you mean, know, it, it's uh, it, it is self self described. You know, simple horseshit. Yeah, it just. I mean, I hate it less now than I did when I first watched it, but I still think it's lazy. I mean, they could have literally done anything, and what they do, they decided to just uh, do a note for note remake of mm. the first one. The only thing that surprised me was when they killed Han Solo. I thought, that's ballsy, man. That's fucking yeah. ballsy. I, and, you know, other than that. Mm. That's the only way they were going to get Harrison Ford to show up for that movie. <laughs> Basically. Was, yeah. No, seriously. Like, he didn't want to be in Return of the Jedi. He wanted to be killed uh, and out of his contract. So that, that, as a person who knew all of that sort of inside baseball, that was like the most predictable beat in Force Awakens was, yeah. oh, yeah, Han Solo will definitely die. Yeah. I think, the only reason they got him back in uh, Rise of Skywalker is that the the scene where, for whatever inexplicable reason, Han Solo's goddamn ghost appears to Kylo Ren or his fevered imagination or whatever, is that scene was supposed to be Leia astral projecting or, or something, and Carrie Would Fisher have been was dead, and they called up Harrison Ford like, yo, can you do us a solid? We need this one scene. Would have been awesome if Han Solo in that moment, I'm your memory. Couldn't you have remembered me a haircut? 
Look at me. I'm like a homeless person Boom. with this. Yeah, really. That's not how the Force works. Uh, yeah, Force Awakens. I mean, it's it's just an entertaining romp. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay, now I remember. No, what I liked about uh, Force Awakens was that the main character, who for that is... Um, uh, what, what is this? No, the the, the Stormtrooper. He's got, oh, Ky- Finn. Kylo Ren. Finn. The thing I liked about Finn was he is driven by cowardice. And that is such a rare thing. Every decision <laughs> yeah. he makes yeah. is, I want to not be dead anymore, please. Can I? Yeah. Or or, or not not threatened anymore. Well, it, well um, it's funny, though, is that when you watch his story arc, too, so you get to the Battle of Crate in Last Jedi, and he's finally said, fuck it, I'm going to s- sacrifice myself on the, the big Death Star cannon thing. And then Rose, like, saves him. Uh, so it's like, so the one time he decides to be selfless uh <laughs> it's taken away from him that makes me yeah. laugh when i watch it given yeah. his overall I, arc that ending would have been better if they'd have let him do that actually kamikaze the thing and yeah. i think poe anyway. dameron is one of the more interesting characters i think he's better than han solo in han soloing yeah he i out, i, I like him a lot solo. yeah 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 there's so charismatic oh, yeah, and going back to I, I hate I hate to keep snapping back to Last Jedi, but I watched it again recently. The whole thing in the beginning, uh, uh, where he does they destroy the the dreadnought and yeah. they try and make it sound like he's such an asshole for doing that for the rest of the movie. And you need to learn your place. If you look at this, what happens through the rest of the movie, if he hadn't destroyed that ship, they would be all kinds of fucked because they it would have <laughs> yeah. been there to destroy their fleet when they caught them. Well, that's so, the that's the genius. I will when I bandy the term loosely, but for a Star Wars movie, that's the genius of Last Jedi. Is that the whole undercord of the theme is basically about uh, how you sacrifice to correct the mistakes of the past, uh, and you basically learn as you go and go. Whoops, that didn't work. So let's try again. Uh, it's all about course correction, and that works for his character because by the end, mm-hmm. he's like, "Oh yeah, I kind of fucked up. I was kind of an asshole." Uh, but maybe I won't change. Maybe I will. Yeah. You know? But, so. but, but yeah, sticking with, uh, the first one, I, I, I still, I liked it. I liked it a lot. I, maybe it was, I know that I am easily manipulated. So I, I grant you that I grant you, but I, <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> yeah. but I, I thought it was well done. I thought it was fun. Um, yeah, I did. Well, I had no problems with that one. Well, it's just except sort of, like, of the, course that they made another goddamn Death Star, and it completely ignores science. You don't yes. have any kind of destructo beam that reaches across. You're blowing up planets in other star systems, yeah. right? It's yeah. like light at the same doesn't time. travel that fast. Well, you no, know? don't you right. get it? They turned an entire planet into a weapon, man. Yeah, an entire yeah. fucking planet that doesn't man. change the speed of light. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I think the Force Awakens is also good because that one actually covers all of the, like the, ecologic systems that you can possibly have in a Star Wars movie. You've got desert, you've got forest, you've got snow. What am I missing? I don't think there's a water planet Swamps. in that one. <laughs> well, they, yeah. it, it took until the next movie to have Planet Red Velvet Cake. Yes, it's true. I didn't uh, do Red Velvet Cake, but yeah. But what I yeah. what I'm what I'm irritated most about the way they presented Finn because it's a really interesting idea to make him a stormtrooper deserter. I thought that's kind of interesting. We haven't really seen that before. And then his whole interplay with Phasma, uh, 
like I would have loved to have seen that play out across three movies where in the first one, she just kicks the shit out of him. Second one, he's sort of her equal. And then by the third one, he actually gets to fight Phasma and just beat her. I think that would have been a much more refreshing arc. I was sure she would have showed up in the third one. Yeah. I, yeah. Did not I was thinking she, was really she would. Dead. Yeah. Given all the fan service in that third one, I figured God. they were just going to keep playing the thing of, yeah, she's like, you know, Jason from from the Friday the 13th movies. You think she's dead, but now she's always back in yeah. you, and pissing off Finn. Yeah, I, I, I can't believe they didn't do that. <laughs> well, can, can we talk about the third one then with just yeah, that? Yeah, let's, it's let's like, do it. So, so Force Awakens, it's all one, about... though, we need, to, we need to acknowledge. The third one is really the second and a half and third one because it carries all the water for what they wanted that second one to do. Yeah. They, they needed to plow under last Jedi and then tell two, two movies worth of stories. Yeah. It does feel like an overcorrection. uh, You know what I mean? Yeah. Two two things I want to say about that one, my original review stands, which is that I think the last Jedi is the, is a great ending to the star Wars saga. Um, (laughs) except why are they all smiling (laughs) in the millennium Falcon at the end of that one? It's like, uh, there's like 12 of you left and you're all just happy and hugging and smiling. I don't get it. Anyway. But 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 thing number two, I, it it's not a story. No, that it this really is, isn't a story. I watched it again last night in prep for this, uh, and I hadn't seen it since December. And it struck me: this is why I hate it, is because it's basically just one of those Stephen Summers mummy movies gussied up as a Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. They they had to okay. Let's see. We don't have a Snoke anymore. We need a big big bad guy. Yeah. Uh, let's 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 call Palpatine back in from out of retirement. How are we gonna do that? Yeah. Uh, cloning. cloning, you know, cloning. The dead speak. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that opening crawl is fucking horrible too. Good lord. <laughs> hey, how come they need? I mean, they they need the MacGuffin in order to find the MacGuffin, so that they can then <laughs> the other fly MacGuffin. through <laughs> the red stuff to get to the planet. But the thing is, the planet is not inside all of that red stuff. That red stuff is just hanging there in space. They could theoretically go around the red stuff to get to where the emperor is what the fuck yeah. is going on with this movie well, also or, they lose both of the first two macguffins and then they just steal kylo ren's yeah. macguffin and and so like that whole first like 45 minutes of the movie has absolutely nothing to do with the plot i think it's just to get them to the the burning man festival so they get cut loose a little bit before they move on uh, but here's the uh, thing yeah. it's this is how you know they abandoned everything from last jedi is that they shoot to the exegos which is the sith planet and rather than just do a close range light speed jump with a giant cruiser to destroy everything, uh, they decide to have a traditional battle. That's how you know. And then they, they explain it off. They have a conversation about why they're not going to do that. <laughs> I know. And they're like, oh, that was a one in a million, that holdo maneuver. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Just write that off. Blink. Okay, next. Yeah. So lazy. So fucking lazy. Mm. Ugh. Eric was Eric was uh, messaging us on uh, Google Hangouts while he was, he was watching. Yeah. I was just enjoying was the live tweet. <laughs> he was in rare form. <laughs> He's like, Han fucking Solo? Are you goddamn fucking kidding me? <laughs> yeah. Also, wait a minute. It's the Death Star from Jedi, but it's still intact. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah. Uh, it, Let's but, see, what is this? Uh, well, I'm already being forced to watch the lack of self-confidence in Poe Dameron, a character I haven't been told why I should care about. Ghost Luke now? <laughs> I was wrong. It was Rian Johnson that kept me here. So fuck you, Rian Johnson. The, yeah, the, the, <laughs> they, the, it, was, it was like they looked right at the camera and said, go fuck yourself, Rian Johnson. Yeah. 
they basically just abandon everything. But the thing that kills me about Rise of Skywalker, apart from the dumb, dumb title, is that so first one, you, it's all about the death of Han. Second one's all about the death of Luke. So you know the third one's going to be about the death of Leia. But because it's also the last one, hey, we got to kill everybody that you adore from the original. So we also got to kill 3PO. But we're not but really no. going to kill 3PO. We'll just no wipe us. kill Chewbacca, but you not gotta, but really no. kill Chewbacca. So there's no stakes. And that's the thing that kills me most about it. It's like there are literally no stakes from yeah. the start to this so thing. I, like, I want to focus on... I kept thinking, I'm sorry, just because you mentioned the C-3PO thing, I was really hopeful when that happened because I've got this whole idea mm-hmm. that you know, it, your existence as a, an individual is entirely made up of your memories and your biology, right? I wanted C-3PO to have that explanation of, yeah, you're wiping my memory, but you're killing me, really. You're, you know, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just the biology. I'm just the, the, the suit that can collect more information and become a new C-3PO, but who I am will now die. And they didn't explain that. All it was was a memory wipe. I want to focus in on on Chewbacca for a minute. He, um, he got his medal. He finally got his medal. No, but that's just it. So, like, that's... <laughs> the, the arc of Chewbacca in this movie is everything I hate about this movie. Like, the coolest thing that happens is when Rey... Uh, and, and it would actually have had some thematic resonance with the finding out that she was a Palpatine, which sucks. But, um, but when Ray inadvertently thinks she's killed Chewbacca (laughs) and it's like, okay, you know what? That was a ballsy move. If I'm sure those fanboys would have been freaking out. Chewie died like a bitch, you know, but but, (laughs) (laughs) that would have been an interesting thing. But instead what happens Maz Kanata has no connection to anything in the past. Gives him a medal because he didn't get one at the end of episode four. I think. And well, so are Maz you Kanata, happy now, fanboys? Maz Kanata's yeah. a thousand years old and has Luke's lightsaber. I figure she has it yeah. like in one of her hidey holes back in her home. But what would have been nice is at least one scene of Chewbacca lamenting that he never got a medal. But that scene would have, of course, just gone like. Not, yeah. They just should have had the balls to kill a major character early on and oh, say, yeah, big yeah. stakes. Yeah. yeah. But, but not, I think but they learned from the easy. movie before that. We don't want to take risks. We can't. Ta- I think that if they wanted to plow under the previous movie, they should have taken an original direction with the final one. But they were like, we can't be original. We don't. No. We can't risk that much money on original. Which is funny because Last Jedi still made more money than the rise of skywalker so obviously Good. the audience is out there for it and people are <laughs> like uh i've seen this before rise of skywalker i don't know seems a little bit force awakenings to me so oh no force awakens is so much better than rise of skywalker rise yeah. of skywalker is just garbage uh well the problem is that when you watch it it's abrams is really good at doing the set pieces as i mentioned earlier mm-hmm. and the set pieces in this are very cool to look at and they're fun and they're you know very filmically adept but all of the connective tissue to those set pieces is just crap it doesn't have any resonance and so basically you just have a bunch of ideas strung together very loosely just so they can have a two hour and 20 minute movie and again they they had like two movies they had to crunch into one which if nothing else really upped the pace of it but there were also no breaks you could not take any time with anything and that was ultimately the problem with this movie yeah 
Yeah, there's no mo- there's no scene where we're talking about the force and chilling out on Dagobah. In yeah. this, there's no. Yeah, you're right. It's a, it's a relentless movie. It's they, it's a roller coaster ride, basically. They end the last one with the entire rebellion is now inside the Millennium Falcon. It's so mm-hmm. small, and they show in the preview uh, a a fleet of of good guy ships so thick. There's more ships than there is blackness of space in the show. Right. And I'm like, wait a minute, how is that going to happen in two hours? Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's we a, don't know. a lot reasons. that happens in those two hours. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, and yeah, nothing is, nothing is earned in this movie. Yeah. It, it, you know, we do, we do another series of, I can't believe it's not star Wars podcasts. And to me, the, the rise of Skywalker is a star Wars knockoff movie. It's not a star Wars movie. It's, it's like what people who don't get it do when they get too much money for special effects. Well, it's like Mm. what all of the, the fanboys after last Jedi were griping that they wanted to see. And they basically said, yeah, okay. And you, and you, and they can say all they want that. No, we didn't count out to these assholes, but, but the the mere fact that they sidelined Rose, uh, like she's, she's in return rise of Skywalker for like, less than five minutes if that and she's yeah. just a totally like they could have cast her as anybody and it wouldn't have fucking mattered and that's how you also, know that the fanboys want let, let's give finn a black girlfriend and let's give poe <laughs> yeah uh, a white girlfriend and no homo right yeah no homo <laughs> yeah. exactly that's and there there had been conjecture that those two guys were gonna hook up and i was like yeah it makes sense but actually watching the third one i'm almost like it's nice for any two characters to have a really strong bond and it not be a sex thing. Yeah. Right? You know, but Which then we've out the Kylo and Ray until the end. Yeah. Yeah. Damn yeah. It. Yeah. That's yeah. And that's the other thing it, that was all build up. It was sort of like, there's definitely a chemistry thing going on here. Uh, and then by the end, it's sort of, they almost were like siblings. It was not, it was a very chaste kiss. It was not romantic yes. to me at all. Yeah. It was like, so all of that build up will there, won't we? This is Ross and Rachel, and then nothing. Poof. But we are talking Shouldn't about characters it. like so paper thin that giving them something like actual relationships, even that wouldn't work. It's yeah. like Kylo Ren's the only <laughs> fully fledged character in the whole thing. Yeah, I would say like, given the whole Star Wars universe, he is up there top five, top I three don't even think most so. interesting characters. I disagree. He is as thin as the rest of them. It's just that Adam Driver is playing him, and he is fucking genius. Is the best part easily yeah. of these films. The I, my okay, there's a part when when she takes the lightsaber when she's facing off Palpatine, she puts it behind her back, she passes it to Kylo Ren through whatever you know the stupid window those two have. Yeah, and he he does this this move of like, yep, pretty awesome. And in that moment, I was like, okay, I that forgave so many sins for yeah. me. <laughs> I was so right back in the movie just because Adam driver played that moment so well. Well, I like that his, his art. Basically it's just, it's Byronic. I mean, it's, he's the Byronic man because it's, you know, the melancholy rebellious dude who does something terrible and then has to atone for it. Uh, I think they <laughs> followed that classic archetype. Well, but the, <laughs> I was just thinking, I'm sorry. No, I was just thinking the Adam Driver Saturday Night Live appearances where he's doing the undercover boss, uh, Kylo Ren. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I say those are canon. I say those actually yeah. happened. <laughs> a buddy of mine saw Kylo Ren take his shirt off in the shower, and, and he said that Kylo Ren had an eight-pack. Kylo Ren was shredded. 
What? Your friend's a liar, man. Kylo Ren is a punk bitch. That guy looks like he weighs 30 pounds soaking wet underneath that little black dress. <laughs> Tim? Tim! Oh no, he's choking on food. Dude, Matt straight up sucks. I have a bombshell announcement to make, guys. I'm not Matt. I'm Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren. You're yeah. Kylo Ren. You're Kylo Ren. We know. Also, given the long history of dumb Star Wars names, I do not like Kylo Ren because it just makes me go, Kylo Ren and Steampy. And that's the only thing I can think of when they make his when they say his name. So it's like, come on now. Come on. All right. Yeah. So let's try to wrap it up. Should they make any more Star Wars movies? No. Not not of the Skywalker sagas. I'm tired no. of it. Yeah. They need to stop. If they're going to do anything, do something more like Rogue One. You know what I mean? Okay. I think they'll I think they need to stop with movies altogether because these aren't movies. These are comic books and those I think they have the right idea making TV shows out of these. I want to see uh, you know, Finn run away from things. I I I want to see a non-heroic <laughs> movie about a guy ooh a guy who okay here's my my pitch for a star wars tv show uh uh the reluctant jedi uh, and this guy realizes he's got these jedi powers and so all these people end up chasing after him and he doesn't do anything to save the universe all he does is run away from things and every time he finds a new force power he has he goes great this is going to help me run away from things that's the whole show is him <laughs> just could- being a coward I like it. I can one up you though. You should do one, uh, make him sort of almost a Don Nazi sort of character, and then you can mm-hmm. call it the shakiest blaster in the outer room. Oh yeah! <laughs> Fuck yes! That'd be his. That'd be his. His his foil. Yeah. His sidekick. His guy. Yeah. His 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 is. I don't know. Girl Friday, who is like a self-appointed adventurer, but is actually a fuck up. And yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna pilot this ship like you've never. Oh, we just hit a thing. You yeah. know. Well, I think in answer to your question, truthfully, Brian, is that they probably will because they make bank, but they will not ever be able to detach from the Skywalker saga because as we've seen uh, with Last Jedi trying to unmoor it, uh, it's like a black hole and everything kind of just gets sucked back into it. So here's the thing. Rogue One is the thing that gives me hope there, right? Like I think, and, and for that matter, the Mandalorian, the fanboys are fine with the Mandalorian, um, and I think that part of the reason is, or, and they're, they're even fine with like the Clone Wars series, which does some really dumb things with continuity, like bringing Darth Maul back from the dead. Yeah. Um, but what, what I think really comes down to is you have to detach from the original trilogy of films in order to be given enough latitude to do something new and interesting. And Rogue One isn't fully detached, certainly not by the end of it, it's not. Um, but they got enough latitude because they spent some time just in that universe doing something else. Rogue yeah. One was almost the first Star Wars movie to not have a lightsaber in it. Yeah. And I would like to see quite a... F- what? Here's what I would like to see. I would like to see a whole effort to, like, actually bury the Jedi-Sith Force thing entirely and just be like, okay, you know what? Those guys cause nothing but pain. Like, it's bad if you use the Force... Fuck you, no force users for like you know ten generations or whatever, and and let's just have some shit going on in that interesting universe, and then you can start to kind of bring the force back, uh, after it's been gone for a while. But if every Star Wars video game and every Star Wars book and every Star Wars 
TV show has to have some, oh yeah, this person was also a Jedi once thing in it. I think that that is really overplayed. Here's here's what I think. I will end my commentary on this. We need to reduce expectations in order to see something new. If you look at uh, Star Trek, the motion picture was full fan service and it, it was a drag, that first movie. Once they thought it was on the the balls of its feet, they made Wrath of Khan, they made it for no money, and it was one of the best films ever. Uh, Doctor Who was gone for decades. They start making it with Christopher Eccleston, very low expectations. It's awesome. Uh, years later, it's a franchise, and it's just not interesting, at least to me, because mm. there's it's now got to be Doctor Who-ish. And Rogue One... That that film had no expectations because it wasn't part of the official Star Wars new storyline. It was a, a one off. Yeah. Once they take the heat off of these things to perform a certain way, they'll be good. If you can not make it, I don't know, a slave to canon, if you can create something new, then they'll be worth watching. The Mandalorian has no expectation on it really because it's not part of the larger story it's just in yeah. the universe right so so basically your whole thing for making star wars good is to reduce reuse and recycle happy uh, earth day everybody uh, <laughs> well played sir yeah i got nothing these movies bore the shit out of me and let's Let's talk well, about hey, we want to hear what you time. have to say about Star Wars because we're, you know, running on fumes with the Star Warsiness. And for Christ's <laughs> sake, please tell us what you think about Star Wars on Twitter at MagHuge, on Facebook at MagnificentlyHuge.com. You can email us at MagnificentlyHuge at gmail.com. Look at me. I got it right. Yeah. Uh, and you can check out our site, MagHuge.com. Did I get that right? the force, Eric. Yeah. But we really, we really want you to rate us on uh, iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you get this podcast. We read those reviews. We do use it to improve the show. Uh, and we want to hear what you think. Yeah. What else are we on? Are we on anything else? Are we on we're the on TikToks? All the things. We're, we're on all you, the things. If you get, we're not on TikTok. Uh, but you know what? If you get podcasts, we're on that thing. So go find us. Listen to the show, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends, and we've done this for three years. We're going to keep doing it for some reason, so you yeah. might as well listen. It's inexplicable. And, and may the Force go find someone else. Yeah. <sighs> may the Force go fuck <laughs> yourself. 